Hey there! Are you looking to take your family life to the next level? One where you're in charge and free to set your own hours? You've come to the right place. Each and every week, we share the highs, lows, ups, and downs as we grow our businesses from zero to hero. Welcome to the Nights and Weekends Podcast with Craig Hewitt and Ken Wallace. So, yeah, what's going on with you? (sighs) Same old stuff, man. Yeah. Still here in Indiana. Still there. <laughs> Still not in Europe. Still not in Europe. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot simpler to be in uh, in Indiana or whatever. We've we've had uh, we've had a lot of fun, and it's been just over a week. I guess it's been nine days so far. But you know, it's like moving, and then another language, and you couldn't move with all your stuff, so you have to buy all new stuff when you get here. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot, but but it's been a ton of fun. Um, it was the kids' first day of school today, okay, and they're going to like French public school, so uh, it went good, surprisingly good, I think. You know, everybody did good, um, but uh, yeah, it's like you know, lots lots going on outside of work. Yeah, the kids have just started uh, school here too. So, uh, getting school supplies wrangled and getting used to new schedules and all that stuff. Yeah, it's really hard, right? It is. And uh, even my three year olds kind of started preschool two days a week now. Um, for, for whatever reason, the like two days a week is really messing with my schedule. It's like, it'd be better if it was every day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Watch him grab his lunch bag and like march off to school. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He was, yeah, that's he was cool. carrying it like a briefcase, didn't even turn around and wave goodbye. He's just like, <laughs> peace out. I don't need you anymore, Dad. <laughs> no, it's a great it's a great feeling though, right? Because I mean the kids are, are sort of growing up and uh you know, have some independent thoughts and everything. It's uh it's it's really cool to see. Um makes me feel old and like, you know, the the time in my life when the kids really needed me a lot is going away and they'll need yeah. me in a different way, I'm sure. But you know, they don't need me to take them to the bathroom or whatever anymore. Right. It's like a little more advanced now. Yeah. Yeah. On Cooper's first day of preschool, I, I had to pull the car over on the way home and take a moment. Mm-hmm. It's it like, like we need a special parking spot for right. first time parents <laughs> or first time dads dropping off things. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. But, yeah. It would, uh, it, yeah, Especially probably because um, that'll be the 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 last kid that we do that with, right? Because I don't think we're gonna have any more. And so it was just it was a moment. You guys should have more kids. Come on, it's fun. <laughs> We've done our part. Man, I'll be I'll be forty next year, dude. Oh, nice. That's excellent. I can't be the six year old dad dropping kids off at preschool. You know? Yeah, no, no. Or not preschool, but you know what I mean. Yep. Showing up at school events. On to the next phase of life, whatever phase that might be. Speaking of uh, on to the next phase, what, uh, what's been going on with the business? Well, which business? It's been a great <laughs> business, how many, uh, how many we got going now? Uh, well, the ones that actually make money is yeah, we're up to one. So uh, it's been a great, great month for Mastermind Jam. We've had a lot of signups and uh, – I have a place in the survey, the onboarding survey, to ask how you found us and things like that. 
And a lot more people are checking the box that says, I searched Google. Really? Yeah. That's great. And uh, uh, looking at my Google stats, it kind of um, bears that out. A lot more people are finding us from just organic search, which that's pretty interesting to me. Um, yeah, one person even said, yeah, I, I Googled, she, she's nearby in Indiana. She's like, I Googled mastermind Indiana and you came up. So I gave you a try. I'm like, huh, I hadn't even thought of like, I would never have searched that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty cool. That's um, cool. So what kind of, uh, what kind of number of users a month or whatever are you up to now? Users per month. Um, or well, sign, let's sign ups a month, I guess. Yeah. This month we've had 25 signups. That's fantastic, man. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you consider, uh, well, I, sh- I say this month, August. So we're re- recording this at September 1st, but August was a really great month. Um, July was horrible. Absolutely horrible. I had like three signups, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So maybe it's, you know, I've not been in business more than, you know, a couple um, season. So I don't know if there's any seasonality to when people sign up for mastermind groups yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to separate, um, you know, whether or not the business is just tanking from, no, this is just the time of year when it's slow, you know, for an e-commerce business, you might expect sales to slow down in January, you know, right after Christmas, people aren't really buying many gifts. And maybe, maybe there's a seasonality to, you know, entrepreneurs saying, you know, summer's going to be busy with family stuff. I'll, you know, I'll sign up when, when all that's over. The kids are going back to school. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I would suppose it's a bit like our business where, uh, the, the things that aren't super essential to someone's business, like a mastermind or content marketing in a podcast, maybe would fit into that, would take a back burner in the, um, in the summer. And then as school gets back in and people get focused on business again, it ramps up. And then towards the end of the year, it probably really hits when people say, wow, I got to get serious about stuff. You know, for us, it's, I got to start a podcast for you. It's, I got to get serious about my business next year. What do I need to do to, to really take the steps to move my business forward next year? Right. Yeah. Um, so in other news, I've had more time to think about that and other things. Um, because I am no longer helping out with nugget. So, uh, for people who listen to the texting podcast, you've already heard that breaking news, but, um, dun, dun, dun. yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a huge falling out and table flip kind of thing. It was, uh, you know, there was no rage or anything. Uh, it was just, it was becoming more and more clear that, uh, there was a huge, huge amount of friction being caused by the fact that. Um, Justin has a lot more time per week to give to the, the startup than I do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course we each have our families and family obligations and there's a two hour time difference. Um, so cry, cry me a river. We're on uh, six plus hour time change to the U S here. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a real deal. Yeah. But no, I, I'm yeah. sorry. I would, yeah. To, to your point, I would never look to start a, uh, co-founder relationship over a significant time zone difference. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I didn't think it was significant. Right. And we had, you know, we've been friends for, for a while and, uh, six, seven months, maybe eight months. And, um, so, and like, he's always kind of been my, like my advisor on Slack. So I could just run business ideas past him, like a little two person mastermind. Uh And, um, so we had been, you know, before nugget, 
began, there was actually a couple other iterations of ideas that we were going to do together where I had just like, I kind of saw some warning signs that this was going to like, um, either require more time than I had to give or, um, um, just be really kind of an intense journey that, you know, might stress our friendship or whatever. And I had kind of backed off from, mm-hmm. so like originally nugget was going to be this, um, daily newsletter, just like, um, the original name for it was going to be one thing, one thing every day. And, um, where just every single day we send you one like business link or topic or something into your inbox, um, to help grow your business. And then it was just going to be kind of like a, you know, content marketing kind of effort in order to grow a list big in order to, um, maybe offer services somewhere down the road. Mm -hmm. And then, um, as we were discussing how to implement that, we, started using an app called Voxer to communicate with each other. Yeah. And it was kind of cool because we, you know, everybody's busy and nobody really has time to drop everything and do a FaceTime or Skype right now to, you know, or even a phone call just to hash out a detail. It was really nice to kind of leave a message in a bottle. Um, kind of like a walkie talkie system where, um, if, if it were using the chat paradigm. So you just, you leave a voice message and then he replies with a voice message when he gets a chance, you know, that kind of thing. Right, right. And it was really cool. And he started, we went off kind of on a tangent of how can we, how can we build a uh, version of Voxer that's more um, suitable for startups and things like that. So we spent a lot of weeks talking and going round and around about the tech behind, you know, voice, um, asynchronous voice communications and things like that. And, um, what the business needs might be and, you know, talking to various people about that. And then at some point I just said, you know, I'm just not interested in it. So, um, best of luck, but I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to help out with the, with your push to talk app <laughs> and, uh, we'll still be buddies, but I, I just can't help out with that. I'm, I, I'm not going to give it this much time cause we, it was starting to become kind of significant. And this is while you guys are doing nugget or beforehand or what? This was so the first iteration of Nugget was supposed to be like this content play, yeah, and that was going to be really easy to start up. It was basically going to be almost entirely driven by drip, right? And then um, this was just like a tangent. And um, you, you remember when Justin came on our show um, with his app idea, Spoke? Mm-hmm. So he shelved that, and, and by and by, he's he's been thinking of a lot of other things. Nugget being one of the things, and I still have early screenshots of what Nugget was going to be. And basically, you put your email address in and sign up for the topic that you want to hear one thing about every single day. And it was like the daily nugget, just like just a little something first thing in the morning, like a paragraph and um, free. And then, yeah, we were just using Voxer as a way to talk about how we were going to implement that thing. And he's like, wow, I had never really thought about this before. It's incredibly useful. And I said, yeah, I've used it in my day jobs before. And um it really helps to bring remote teams together. It's great for people in different time zones because it's asynchronous. You can use it whenever you, you know, you can answer the message whenever you feel like it. And then that was kind of like a, a distraction. It, it, he just couldn't shake the, the, the notion of this. And, uh, so he really wanted to develop an app that was like Voxer for whatever industry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, um, so, I, I kind of stepped away from that. That was, you know, maybe February or March. And I said, you know, you had this idea for nugget. I still think that has legs. I think we could, you know, do some other things with it. Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to work on nugget, you know, you and I can kind of work on nugget 
while you're working on, cause he was going to revive the name spoke for this push to talk communication thing. And I said, you can work on spoke and then I'll, I'll work on nugget. And then he kind of hit some dead ends in talking and doing customer development for spoke. And he says, you know, let's both work on nugget. And th- that's really when that got started. And then, so he emailed like, a few people, Rob Walling being one of them. Rob's like, yeah, this is a great idea. Um, I think you should do this charge 50 bucks a month, see who signs up. And, um, that really kind of got us going. And that was in May, I think mm-hmm. middle of May. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could have, I could have the timeline screwed up here, but yeah, I think that was May. And, um, then we started kicking around nugget, the, the current iteration of what nugget would be. And so there really was no conversation about how, you know, we fit as co-founders or anything like that. It was just kind of assumed that, that it would work because we're congenial over Slack, right? Cause we like hundred percent always only talked on Slack. Um, and we were also still using Voxer for communications for asynchronous stuff. But again, you know, it was like, you know, one of the reasons I, I backed away from spoke was because it's like, Hey dude, you've got 30 hours a week to devote to this. This is a really tech heavy app. I will, I refuse to be the bottleneck here. You know, uh, I got 10, 12 hours, 15 tops. And at that point, my family hits a breaking point when I'm spending more than 15 hours on something. Yeah. Um, I can't, I just can't do it. And you're always going to be resentful. You're going to be like, what is this guy doing? I'm over here busting my ass and you know, you're, you're taking your, your kids to gymnastics or whatever, but that's my life and that's what I have to work around. Mm -hmm. Um, so I backed away and then for whatever reason, forgot all about that conversation when we started Nugget together. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just getting more and more stressful that way. And, uh, you know. So without getting too much into detail, that was that was a huge underlying um, stressor that was going on. The 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 time, yeah, time was the biggest thing. Yeah, I, and I think that what what that did was, is it caused like a magnifying glass effect on any other friction that we encountered mm-hmm. as co-founders or married people or anybody. Any team always has a friction, right? And this underlying um, mismatch in time commitments, I think just shined a bigger spotlight on any problem. It magnified it bigger. Yeah. So every problem was the potential to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. You know, I think about that um, a lot with, you know, potentially being co-founder or, you know, partnering with someone on something is I have a lot of priority I place on my family time. And yeah. I do my work, especially here. I mean, I'm doing sort of like work three times a day and that's it, yeah. you know, a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the middle of the day. And then, you know, a couple hours and what is our evening here? And mm-hmm. it could look like I don't really do a whole lot. Um, and I think that I wouldn't want to have to justify that to anybody. Um, and I wouldn't want to worry about what anyone else is doing in terms of how much they're working. Um, if you don't have a clear delineation of, of responsibilities and priorities, I can see it getting, uh, you know, where you're like wanting a timesheet from somebody. Or yeah. like a, a TPS report, you know, to say like, you know, what are you doing? What value are you bringing to this? Uh, yeah, I can see it being kind of tough. I don't know. It, yeah, exactly what you said. It just became very like there was clearly some resentment there over that. Or I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, and what you also said about the clear delineation of duties, we are, you know, it just our, our strengths as co-founders were very much the same 
Well, we brought a lot of the same things to the table. We weren't good natural complements to each other's skill sets. That's bad. And we both were really strongly opinionated on some of those things that we're good at, right? So it wasn't so much, hey, you you worry about that and I'll worry about this. It was like we both had approaches, both of which would have been workable and executable and things that you can try and test and, and iterate upon. Um, but it was like every time one of us would suggest an idea, the other one would say, you know, yeah, that's great, but let's do it my way, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just unending, right? And again, with magnified with the other, un, you know, like the white noise of this resentment, <laughs> this building, it was just, it, it was starting to feel not healthy. And, um, like I told my wife, I can't spend this much time on a, uh, on a business that I'm starting to hate, you know, because I was starting to have conversations with my wife about, you know, all the things that were pissing me off about the, either the co-founder relationship or the business and things like that. And she's like, I don't want to hear it. She's like, you're coming to me telling me how much your mistress sucks. She's like, you're taking time. You're spending 20, 25 hours a week working on this thing, taking time away. I need you, you know, during the time that you're spending on this other thing. Yeah. yeah, great. It's making money, but you're taking time away from me and the kids. And now you're telling me that you're, you're not even enjoying it. And, and there's some things that you're resenting and stuff. It's like, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. That's just not fair. She's like, I'm not going to listen to it. And I just, you know, so we, we had a kind of a family vacation and I just had a lot of time to just really process all of that. And I came back and, you know, I kind of laid it on the line. I was like, you know, some things have to change. I have to change the time commitment I'm putting into this. We've got to streamline some things put some process docs together, make some things easier. And, uh, that didn't seem to work out well. And then we just kind of had kind of a really intense debate one night that was kind of going a bad direction. I was like, you know, um, maybe this is the time that we part ways on this. And, uh, so I, I put it out there and I said, you know, I'm perfectly willing to step aside. This was your idea from the start. You you should take it and make it what you think it needs to be. And I'm going to step aside. You know, I can make this real easy. And, uh, there's, you know, there doesn't have to be any big acrimonious breakup. We can still be friends. And I, I'm just hitting the safety switch here because this is getting to the point where it's going to damage our friendships, going to damage our families. It's, you know, there's, there's, there's just no good way for us to move forward here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, you know, ever since that day, we, you know, we talk every day, a few times a day still sometimes, you know, and it's like our relationships turning, returning to normal. Of course, a great deal of that is helping me help him transition like a lot of the tech and stuff into his name. Mm-hmm. All the little mm-hmm. accounts that you set up here and there have to be transitioned. Um, there's an issue of money because we had raised, you know, or not raised, but received revenue. So you have to work through that. But uh, it it was, a, you know, a very um, congenial kind of split up. Yeah. So, so what, I don't regret uh, the experience one bit. But, uh, and I'm glad that it's still living on and, and moving in a good direction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sounds like a, a very prudent move, you know, on your part and, and good to acknowledge that, you know, if the boat's not going the right direction, you got to get off it early rather than later. Cause yeah, the worst thing possible is that thing becomes really successful and then you're tied to it and you can't leave. Um, because it's, you know, sort of your lifeblood or anything and, you know, you quit your job to run a business that you don't like, that would be horrible, right? So, yeah, 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 I think, I think that's really smart. And it's probably a really good lesson to say, like, you know, be really intentional uh, at the outset about what you, uh, 
what you want out of a business. And you and I have talked offline about this. So like who, you know, who do we know that runs like the ideal business model? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I don't know that anybody's is exactly ideal, but some are definitely better than others. Um, you know, I think a, a product based business is probably a little less stressful in terms of like time dependent things yeah. than, yep. uh, than, you know, something like podcast motor where we have customers with deadlines every week. Um, and that's a, that's a large amount of the, the trouble that we have, you know, every time we sort of grow, we need to adapt into solving that problem better or continuing to solve it the same way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for, for anybody who's either starting or running a business, it's, it's, you know, you can pivot your business into any, any way you want. And so think about what you want it to be when it's done or successful uh, yeah. and, and, you know, be really intentional about that and don't just let it sort of morph into this monster that kind of eats you. How's that for yeah. dramatic? That's, well, that's kind of exactly it. And, and, you know, like Justin's in, in, in California, right in the thick of the startup scene, you know, he goes out to lunch with people that are, you know, you know, first name basis with startup founders. And it's just like, he sees one world where, you know, people eat ramen and live under their desk and, and sacrifice everything to see the the startup come to fruition. Yeah. And I very much have a mental picture of a very different thing, much more like what you're doing a, a few hours in the morning, a few hours in the afternoon, a couple hours at night. Um, Pat Flynn talks about that on his podcast, about how that's kind of how he works. He gets, you know, like most of his podcasting in the middle of the night when everybody's asleep. And, you know, um, I I just want the business to work around my lifestyle I don't want to have to put my entire life on hold. Um, I don't want to have to um, damage relationships irreparably. I don't want to have my son have a period of five years of his life that he's like, yeah, dad wasn't there. Yeah, that's the worst thing possible. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that's not cool. You know, it's just, that's just, I'm not even going to consider it. Yeah. And um, that's kind of, and I'm not saying that's what was being asked to me. I'm just saying, um, it was venturing too far down that path for my, my taste. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just out of sight with my personal priorities, my personal values, and the resources that I had to give, which at the time were, were time. I, I just didn't have any more time to give to it. So, um, yeah, it's – man, I've, I've not had that good of a launch day with any app. That was pretty cool, you know, personally speaking. Yeah. And um, – it was it learned a lot of great lessons through the process of it. I'm still involved in the Nugget community. I go in and still like give opinions on d- the different ideas that come along. Um, I have a lot more respect now for for people that have built big businesses on building communities. Um, because yeah. yeah, building a, a community is hard. Long term play, right? Oh yeah, and um, especially when you have a, a much bigger vision in it, like um, Justin really envisions Nugget becoming more of an incubator of, of startups. And he wants to see a lot of startups come out of Nugget profitable with a business that is actually running. You know what I mean? Yeah. And giving, giving them the tools or whatever, what are the, whatever it is that they need to give them a leg up on that journey is what he wants to provide through Nugget. Just the business idea is a very small part of, of that journey, of, of getting that business going along that path. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> hats off to him um, if he can make that work. But uh, I just can't be along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so so the question is now, now what do you do? Now right? what do you Everybody's do? been asking yeah. me. Everybody's been bugging <laughs> the shit out of me about So what's this. the next best thing, right? 
Yeah. So, uh, like, the last few weeks, I've just been, like, learning a lot. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I early this year, January, February time frame, I, I, I purchased a few courses here and there, and I had never watched, like, the video courses. I had never done the study materials. I'd never just done the learning that I paid for. So I figured, yeah, I'll just get caught up. You know, I, I'm always running into this roadblock of SEO and traffic building and, and outreach and marketing. So let me get caught up on some of this learning that I know I need to do. And I can apply that to whatever it is I do next. Um, so that's kind of where I've been. So just kind of, I don't know, um, just learning. Um, and so like I say, last month was a, a kind of a banner or not a banner month, but a good month for mastermind jam compared to the previous two. Um, but that was through no fault of my own. Like I didn't do anything for that to happen. Just people came out of the woodwork and said, you know, I'd like a mastermind group. Where can I get that? Yeah. No, that's great. Uh, Right. I mean, it's great to have that, that asset there that can, you know, bring in a little bit of money or has the potential to, and you know, maybe be something you sell in the future. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, um, there are still maybe things I can do to tweak with mastermind jam to make it even more valuable to people. Um, that remains to be seen, but for, for now, um, I'm going to be reaching out to existing customers a little bit more, figuring out what I can do to help their groups live longer and them get more out of their groups. Um, have you thought about like JV opportunities with, uh, with people? You know, I have, and uh, I think we talked about this last year too. I need to do more of that. I've had people reach out to me saying, Hey, um, where's your affiliate signup page? <laughs> I'd love to drive you, drive some traffic for you. Yeah. And so I just, it's just, I just needed to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, I don't think that could hurt. Couldn't hurt anything. Yeah, no, for sure. And maybe I don't know, do shared webinars with people or just, just give them the affiliate resources and let them go to town. But, um, yeah, it's like, like hey, the kind of thing you could have a, a real sort of honest, genuine affiliate relationship with someone that provides a really good service. Um, yeah, do a joint webinar, and yeah, I think it could be really helpful. I mean, you have, you know, several hundred users at this point. You know, yeah. it's someone would want to be able to to share some good stuff with with them. Yeah, I had this come up the other day. Uh, was it in a mastermind group? Somebody sent me an email saying, hey, Ken, check out this thread on this discussion forum. This guy said he, he's looking for a mastermind group. And I'm like, yeah, I saw it, but I was kind of waiting for him to give a little more detail, right? Because right? I, and I guess maybe I need to have just some in-the-can marketing copy I can just paste into a, as a reply. It, it just feels more genuine to me if I leap into a thread like that and, and like offer advice or help. Um, and oh, by the way, I do some of this over at mastermind jam, but even if they don't sign up, they still got something out of my contribution. I, I hate to like see on, you know, the bootstrap forum where somebody say, Hey, I'm looking for a mastermind group and me jump in and say, Hey, here's my link to masterminddjam.com. Right. Yeah. Pay me 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, I'll promise you the stars 50 bucks only today. Sign up now. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to just be shilling my product. If, if somebody needs help, like, Hey, what software do you guys use for your mastermind groups or, you know, what's the best way to take notes or what's the format we should use? And I could yeah. just say, Hey, there's, you know, and I've replied to it like, Hey, on uh, startups for the rest of us, they had a great debate on different formats to use for your mastermind group. Here are the pros and cons of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, just to jump in and say, Hey, here's a link to my product, buy it. 
That's kind of stupid. Yeah. So, but on the other hand, maybe I need to just have some copy in the can that I can give to affiliates to use. Um, so they can kind of regurgitate my words in some, some instances. Um, and or just even, see how that uh, goes. Like, you know, uh, landing pages, you know? Yeah. A well, that's of, a good idea. A couple of landing pages for different types of people. Um, yeah. 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 Like bloggers looking for mastermind group or, mm -hmm. you know, offline I've had businesses or offline business. And, and I've had, um, a lot of interest from like yoga teachers want mm. to have mastermind to talk about how to grow their studios and, you know, just interesting things like that. Um, Kindle book authors. I had, um, three different people say, Hey, you know, I'm doing a Kindle book and, uh, I'd like to be matched with other people who've done or are doing Kindle books. Mm -hmm. Well, that, feels reasonable, you know, and that feels something very specific. I can put a landing page up about, yeah. that's a good suggestion. Yeah. So there's still work I can do. Like I haven't even scratched the surface of the marketing I can do for mastermind jam. In fact, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I've done a really bad job marketing mastermind jam. <laughs> Any business I've got has been directly as a result of either, um, a mentioned by someone on a podcast or from microcom for that crowd of people. Um, this podcast, there's been very little just outreach, right? Um, you know, all the stuff we do on Twitter, none of that moves the needle. You know, I don't know how people justify a, a huge amount of time spent on social media because I just haven't seen the results from it. Um, but there are some really great things I could be doing that I'm just not doing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, social media is tough, man. I mean, all around it's tough. I think it, it I think it, what it does is I think it drives, depending on the niche, and this is not a blanket statement, I think it drives relatively low quality traffic Yeah. with, with almost no intent, you know? Yeah. And, you know, to a certain degree, I would lump product hunt in there too. Sure. And having yeah. seen thousands of people come from product hunt to your site and then how many of those people, you know, sign up and, or, you know, or just kicking the tires. Um, so people hoping for a huge day on product hunt, um, make sure that's really your, your target, target audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like Twitter is like preaching to the, to the choir. Like everybody who follows me on Twitter sees my posts and all nod their head, but they all know who I am. They already follow me. You know what I mean? It's not, they have no reason to share my content. They have no reason to come up and sign up for the service. Um, I'm not reaching people that have never heard of me before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you guys like in a like in a one room place one or do you have one like room rundown shack? No, we're in a three bedroom with an office house. Um yeah, so we are in a a, a village uh of Annecy, France. So Annecy is kind of the big city, 150,000 people or so. Um okay. and we're in one of the villages. And uh yeah, we're in a you know, a very nice, I think house here and we're renting it from kind of a friend of a friend that's just kind of how we ended up here sweet um, yeah it's great man it's fenced in it's got a big yard it's got a trampoline no one's broken their neck yet um we walk the kids to school uh it's very it's very french yeah um it's about a 10 minute drive to like the middle of the city where there's this just fucking beautiful like alpine lake that's like you know, half a mile wide and like eight miles long. Um, oh man, that sounds great. Oh, it's huge. So there's like boating in it and yeah, it's really, really wonderful. Um, the skiing here is supposed to be epic. 
So in the winter, I won't plan on working much. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's it's tough. Like some of the things with getting settled. So I was talking like when we started, I was talking about like you having to buy new stuff all the, you know, but, you know, we brought yeah. like five suitcases, right? Um, and so like the house was like partially furnished. Uh, we had to buy like dining room table and couch and bed and all this kind of stuff. We also had to like hook up the internet and had to go buy a fucking car because we didn't have a car and we need a car. Um, so like buying a car in French is tough. Um, and yeah. like, I don't have, I have to get insurance. So it's just like a lot of these things have been pretty distracting. Um, and not, not having internet. I was, I was, it was really sad, but kind of telling. I was super anxious the last week. We just got internet yesterday. So we were here for almost a week, um, with no internet. And I was just super anxious all the time. So I had my phone, but I mean, I, I you know, you can't just like tether your phone all day to your computer and work like that. So, right. um, yeah, it was really challenging now. Like I have an office and we have decent internet and the kids are in school. I really feel like we'll settle in pretty well. Um, but yeah, the first week was really challenged personally, really challenging business was fine. Everything was fine, but you know, I'd have to like go down to a hotel and sit in the bar Lob, you know, the lobby and the bar and mooch their internet uh, every night to, to kind of keep up with things and stuff. It's just like, this is not, <laughs> yeah. this is not how life is supposed to be. But that's not ideal. Going back to like, you know, having the business model that you want. I mean, I'm, I'm for, for the amount of work we do, I'm very hands off with like our day to day stuff. But, you know, we have like, whatever, 10 shows a day that come through the hopper. You know, I got to have yeah. my hand on one of those somehow, you know, or like a question from a new customer or, you know, replying to sales calls or having phone conversations with people and all these sorts of things that require some amount of work. And I don't think any business is going to require sort of no work, but, uh, the last piece of kind of the puzzle for me is like, could I take two weeks totally off? Uh, and the answer right now is definitely not. Um, and so, like, you know, I don't do a lot of the day-to-day -day work anymore. I don't do hardly any of the day-to-day -day work, which has, I think, been really nice. But um, it, nice, cause, not because I don't want to do it, but just because I, I couldn't possibly keep track of everything, you know? Right. Um, well, you can't grow if you're doing it all. and Yeah, if you're doing a lot of it, even. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, from time to time, I've been doing a lot of it, and those are times where we don't grow. And now I'm not doing much of it. So when I have more time, like I'll start having now, we, you know, I think we'll we'll see ourselves grow again. And we are. We're, we're starting up three or four new shows here in the next month. So that's cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, trying to trying to keep myself out of the business. And, you know, it would be really wonderful to, to pull myself out entirely, but I just don't ever see that happening. But that's fine. You know, I think 10, 10, 20 hours a week is not unreasonable amount of time to spend on a business. Um, I think your two weeks off is a good litmus test of, of how far you, you've come and how far you have yet to go to, to automating your business. That would be really, really challenging right now. Um, yeah. But we couldn't do it. I mean, yeah, couldn't do it. So, but that's fine. That's, I mean, not many people can probably do it. I don't think. I don't know. Yeah, that's very much a goal of mine is to have a business where I can do that. Just um, 
abscond with the family for uh, 14 days or 20 days and <laughs> just have it, you know, not be worse for wear when I get back, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, flatlining wouldn't be as much of a problem as actually declining, you know, by the time you get back. Um, I think but, you'd have to yeah. expect, for the most part, you'd have to expect that. You'd have to expect like, all right, I, you know, if I'm not here, things are not going to run quite as well. Yeah. Unless it's a really big business and you've been able to put the time and energy into the processes and the resources for the rest of your team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that's really feasible on, on our scale. Well, like in, you know, my day job, we have, you know, uh, 18 people right now. And if our CEO took a one month vacation proposals would still get out and get answered and replied to um, contracts would still get signed yeah. jobs would still get done programming would still get done in high quality um, the servers wouldn't go down you know I mean <clears throat> um, invoices would still go out checks would still come in checks could still get pa- cashed payroll would still get done the phones would stay on the lights would stay on you know what I mean it's that's great uh, that's the really work wonderful. product. And yeah. for a company that size to say that, not to say he doesn't do anything, because when he's there, he very much is a catalyst for all of those areas and spurring them to work more efficiently or move faster on the proposals or, you know, things like that. But it still gets done when he's gone. You know, the business still can grow in his absence. And that's very much kind of a a good place to, to strive for, I think, in any business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you want your time there to be totally additive, and not yeah. and not. I don't want to say supporting, but that's you know I, I shouldn't be in the details of the day to day business. Yeah, yeah. And, and but to do that, I have to justify my sort of existence in the business by being additive, and that's that's a harder thing to do than you realize because like w- the truth is that you know a, a really nice form of procrastination is kind of working on your business, which is really working yeah. in your business, but but really like building landing pages and marketing collateral and email autoresponders, all those are like things that really move the business forward and like building relationships with other other you know businesses in your niche. Those are things that the founder should do, but are yeah. th- that's hard work. Um, you know, checking your email or or you know, micromanaging a schedule is is a lot easier, but it's not that's not work. And that's the biggest reason our my day job hasn't grown past. We've never been bigger than twenty people, and that's the reason because yeah. our you know <laughs> the leadership isn't comfortable um, changing what it is how they add value to the company. When they get back, they pitch in and help review code, and they pitch in and help sit in proposal meetings, and you know things that is not a good use of their time, but it's comfortable. It's what they know. Um, in some level they enjoy doing it, but it's definitely not a way that you can become where you can move from founder to CEO. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For it's, sure. it's just a whole different mindset. And for some people that role just isn't a good fit. And you see some startups where they replace the founder out of the CEO role kind of quickly because you can't grow with him mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, you got you just got to ask yourself what is it that makes you happy in the business, um, um, what is it that 
you're doing in the day to day, like if you're looking at SOPs and they route through your desk, like, you know, get all this stuff done, put it on my desk for approval and then it goes out. You know, those are things that you have to remove yourself from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've been working really hard on SOPs. Um, I, I don't take this the wrong way. (laughs) I joined, uh, another mastermind group through the DC and that's uh, cool. Yeah, the, they're that group. They call is, that mastermind rush, right? Yeah, that group is really uh, sort of like SOP centric. You know, they focus a lot on on that because it's all like solo founders. You know, not yeah. all, but so so in my group, it's it's all you know some level of service businesses, which is and they're cool dealing with VAs. Talk. Yeah, and they got VAs and they got cert- freelancers. Man, yeah. so they tore my ass. Like on on our first call, I was like, I just have such a hard time with this because it always keeps coming back to me. They're like what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And just record, you know, your entire two hours of doing it once and then break it up into like eight videos, put it on Dropbox, have someone write processes for it. And then you're done. You'll never have to do it again. I was like, well, yeah, but it's not that easy. They're like, it's that easy. Just, <laughs> just fucking do it. <laughs> and, and so I did. And I, you know, I, I built some gravity forms and I put in some autoresponders. And so it's now like, when someone signs up for our business as a new show, I don't have to do anything until we're ready to go. And you might even see it be getting done better, you know? Yeah, like no, it is because time. because it's not relying on me to like nudge them with, we need this, we need this, we need this. It's all like you have to fill out this gravity form. It has to go here into this Trello board that certain people have access to. And then when we're ready to create the new show, it's all in that Trello board. It's not in my fucking email, you know? Right. But if there's some stuff that you left out, leave it to them to update the SOP and say, oh, yeah, and you have to do this step, too. And you yeah. know what I mean? It can yeah. con- continually get improved without you being the centerpiece of it. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't I, – I don't – I don't uh, – I know I'm not the best person to do a lot of these things, you know? It's just not my strong suit is, you know, sort of detail-oriented micromanaging, all that kind of stuff. I. I yeah, I get it. I've uh, – this week – for the day job, I got to do a lot of third shift work for server tasks. And I keep asking myself, why, why, why am I doing this? You know? Yeah. (laughs) And I have, you know, subordinates that could do this. And I, and I keep coming back to, well, they're not trained on how to do it. They don't know how to do this stuff. And of course my, the other side of my brain says, well, why aren't you spending your time training them Mm -hmm. and showing them how this works? That way, if you're hit by a bus, this stuff doesn't stop getting done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and if the, it's really complicated, do some videos, do some screen shares, write it down. Yeah. 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 I've, d- I've been doing a lot of videos, uh, and it's just so helpful. It's so helpful. We, we had a show really cool. We had a show, a lady, uh, who, well, I shouldn't say a lady, uh, Mary Lou Tyler, one of the co-authors of predictable revenue. I don't know if you've read the, it's a big, sale. it's a big sort of like, uh, out, email outreach. Uh, it's the, she she co-authored it with a guy who did uh, Salesforce.com's outbound uh, sales process. Okay, Aaron Ross is his name. And uh, so anyway, she's writing a new book and it's coming out soon. So she launched a podcast and published uh, one episode a day in August. And uh, so I was like, oh, I got to take care of this. She's like super important. And I was like, fuck this. So we had like this new guy, new VA on the team. I recorded the video once and he got it right after the first one every time. That's you fantastic. Know? 
Yeah. yeah. And so that that's like every day, you know, download the MP3, tag it in iTunes, upload it to Libsyn, copy this, do that. You know, it's like 20 steps or something, but that would, every day that would have just killed me and I probably would have fucked it up. But, you know, I was able to sort of like document pretty well, outline some, you know, some steps in a document to go along with that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it's, it's the biggest thing I've learned with running podcast motor is kind of how to hire and how to, how to delegate and structure that delegation. Even though I'm terrible at it, I'm a lot better than I was originally. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I mean, kind of like you, I, I, you know, being here in France and, and having just different time zones set and a little more time to think, cause now we're not traveling and I don't have a day job, you know, now four months later, I, I'm finally able to kind of think about what I want business to look like. Um, in like my business life to look like. So I, I don't have any answers, but it's not far off, but it's definitely not a hundred percent there, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the service that we provide and the need that we solve is a really good fit. Um, and, and I think the more I can take myself out of the, you know, the grudging customer here and the, tight deadline there that I have somehow I'm still involved in the better, but, um, yeah. that's just inherent in our business and I don't think it'll ever go away entirely. Well, maybe you can hire somebody to do that dirty work. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> is there a way to do that? No, I mean, so for I'm, sure. I mean, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Becky, the gal who's kind of full time with us and she's our project manager, I would, I mean, I just would have quit a year ago. No doubt. I mean, she, she just, she handles all of it. Yeah. And so we actually just brought on today, uh, a person who will be kind of part-time doing that just cause we're, we're, you know, kind of busy. So I think there is always going to be like stresses with business and every, every business that you start or work that you do, there's going to be parts of it that you don't love, you know? Yeah. I think the point is not to get rid of all of that and just collect money and magically always be happy that cause that's not the point. Um, but the point is to keep it at a manageable level mm-hmm. where you're still getting, you know, satisfaction out of it. Yeah. And continue to learn about what you're trying to do. Right. I mean, I think yeah. that's yeah. the, for me, that's the whole thing is, you know, as long as I'm sort of progressing forward, I'll have challenges and stuff, but, but if I can keep moving forward, then the, then the whole thing is great. Uh, I guess that's another good lesson. you beating your head against the wall and don't get anywhere, then it's just, yeah. Yeah. If you don't mind reading about or learning more about the business that you're in, I think that's a good test that you're still liking your business. You're mm. still liking that line of work. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I like that. Like if you were willing to go to a conference of, of, of a, you know, a group of your customers and talk to them and help them move their businesses forward and solve problems and it left you like thinking of more services you could add, I think, I think that's another good test that this is still a pretty good business. But if you wake up in the morning like, oh, I don't want to even think about that topic today. Like, maybe mm-hmm. that's a sign. <laughs> maybe you're in a space where you need to find a way to get out of it. But, uh, you know, if you're still willing to learn about it and think about it and, um, you know, you're, you're jazzed about learning new ways to do some of the things that you, you do, I, I, I think that's a good place to be in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool, man. Well, hey, I got uh, it's bedtime here, so I got to go put the kids to bed or help put the kids to bed. 
Yes. Okay. Um, I got to No, I got to say something. Uh, you know, for everyone out there who listens to the show and enjoys it and hasn't left a review yet, uh, please do so. Right. I mean, it, it's it's actually very helpful for us to get reviews. One for our sort of, uh, you know, knowing that people are actually there and listening and appreciating what we're doing and, you know, paying attention and maybe learning something. Uh, yeah. But also, like, a lot of reviews moves us up in the rankings to where more people like you can find out, you know, all the good stuff that we're spilling here. So if you haven't left a review, do so, please. It's not, you know, we're not going to get rich off this, but it just helps us know that what we're doing is being helpful and maybe help someone else find, you know, some of the goodness. 100% agree. Please help us share the goodness. Help us share the goodness. Cool, man. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Yes. All right, man. Bye. Talk to you later. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Nights and Weekends podcast with Craig Hewitt and Ken Wallace. To stay up to date and learn more about balancing your family and your startup, visit www.nightsandweekendspodcast.com. We'll catch you next time.